Welcome to episode 58 of the Barbells and Briefcases podcast. I'm John Miller. I am sitting here today with Mr. I am a business. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. <laughs> Nick exclusive Nick Saka. What's going on, man? What's up, everybody? How you guys doing? All right. We all here cruising, man. Look at this. Episode 58. 58. Episode 58. Keeping the consistency coming. We have had a hell of a morning already today. Yeah. Like, this has been a great, awesome day already. We started off today with the gym session. After the gym, we went down to the sauna. Then we went outside and tanned a little bit at the pool. G- GTL. G- gym gym <laughs> tanning laundry. We, we, had a, laundry. we had the Jersey Shore morning. And then we capped it off with a cold plunge Yep, at, at your place. That was my first time ever doing a cold plunge. Uh, did it good too. Talk talk about why you you started to like even like have a cold plunge in your house. Yeah, man. No, I'd love to talk about that. So I got a cold plunge because it was I'll never forget it. One time we were in Mexico. We were in Cancun. Me and Will and 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 Fody and my brother Adam. And I'll never forget it. Like <laughs> this is a long time ago, like maybe like six, seven years ago, before I ever opened up my insurance agency. I actually had no business being in Cancun because I was broke. <laughs> I quit the bank prematurely to to go be an entrepreneur, and this trip was already booked while I was still a banker. And so I had no business being there. I'm broke as a joke, and we go out and we get hammered one night. And it's the next day, and we go to the sauna where they were going to allow us to just check the sauna out. Like a spa. The spa? I'm sorry, the spa. And they allowed us to check the spa out without actually having to get a massage, and they were going to allow us to use the amenities. And so I'll never forget it. We go to the sauna. And so mind you, I'm like hungover. I'm hurting this day. We go to the sauna. We sweat it out. There is a, a jacuzzi and then a cold plunge. And I'll never forget after sweating it out jumping in the cold plunge i remember like oh my god my hangover's gone like this is amazing like this is miraculous <laughs> that first cold plunge how long did you do it for oh it was just in and out i mean it was just like and then we jumped right back into the jacuzzi oh wow <laughs> and then you see this guy named wim hoff come around and wim hoff is like a huge advocate for cold water therapy and he's holds like, like a guinness world record for being in underwater in like ice shirt, uh, ice glacier uh, type water and so he speaks on the benefits how it reduces inflammation it help increases blood flow and uh, and it, it's like a dopamine spike you feel amazing afterwards right. and I know that every time I've ever jumped in extremely cold water you do get out feeling amazing like right. when you go to the California beaches yeah jump in the water you feel incredible afterwards and so I've always just gone off of that feeling and when I watched uh, Tony Robbins, I'm Not Your Guru, I saw him have a whole little cold, like a little underground kind of kind of cold plunge where it's just circular enough just for his body. And so that kind of inspired me and, and I just wanted to get one of my own. And so now I just try to do it after my workouts. And yeah. You feel amazing afterwards, right? Right. Oh, th- so today was my first time doing it. Um, I've seen a lot of like big... Instagram influencers. I've seen Joe Rogan. I've seen Wim Hof. I've seen Joe Rogan talk about Wim Hof. Mm-hmm. And and there's I had a few different uh, guys pop up on my TikTok. Usually it's guys like in Wisconsin or really cold places that just will have a tub outdoors in their backyard and they'll take the big hammer and like crack at the the tub. It must be nice. And then get in the tub yeah. after they they crack it open. But so I've seen a bunch of guys use it. So I. 
think the reason why today I did probably better than you guys thought I was going to do is because I've seen enough to, to know that you have to be calm. You have to focus on your breathing. It's more of a mental exercise than anything else. I knew it was going to be really, really uncomfortable. I did not expect it to hurt as much as it did. Yeah. I didn't expect to like feel the pain in my hands like I did. But from the outside looking in while, while I was doing it, I'm sure I looked very calm and very... Almost, like almost at peace. Like I could have done it all day. You look like you've even been there though, before. like on the inside, mentally, I was like fighting all kinds of battles and struggling, and <laughs> and, and that all came out as soon as I got out of the yeah. tub. But um, I will say, I don't know about the the physiological like benefits of it, and whether or not like the health benefits are real. But what I do believe af- after doing it, especially now, is about the mental exercise of it, mm-hmm. and and. I kind of feel the same way about the sauna as well as like I'm not sure what translates like health wise to me right. me being in the sauna like but I do know it's a mental exercise for me and yeah. that's what I treat it like so like with the sauna it's if I can make it 20 minutes and if I can force my mind to endure that 20 minutes uh, I'm good yeah same same way today like I just focused on my breathing I focused on all the things that I was supposed to, not moving too much, relaxing, being in the moment, just listening to you tell me how much time I had left and almost focused on nothing else but just being present. And that mental exercise of allowing myself to be uncomfortable and allowing myself to to be calm enough to to be okay being uncomfortable and to fight through it, being able to to be mentally strong enough to do that was was almost more valuable than any health benefit. It's training my mind to overcome yeah. like situations where I didn't want to be in. Right. Which is a life lesson in and of itself is being able to be on unco- be, do things that you aren't comfortable doing and do it anyway. Yeah. Cuz a lot of people get so comfortable on their phones, they get comfortable, you know, sitting on a couch and we are so accustomed nowadays to to comfort and dopamine hits just just so mm-hmm. so so easily that that doing things that are out of your comfort zone that force you to change that force you to grow that force you to fight is can't be a bad thing it's a yeah. good thing it's kind of the same reason why I want to do uh, like even though I did a I did a marathon last year I want I really want to do an ironman even mm-hmm. though the marathon was miserable, like I hated every part of it. You, yeah, you you have not said one good thing about this nah, marathon. The marathon was terrible, but, and, and I was hurting for like two weeks. But there's something about there's something that gives you life by doing stuff that like sucks. And, right. And and and, <laughs> and for some odd reason, I want to do an Ironman now. Yeah. Which is a marathon. It's a you're swimming a couple miles and you're biking a handful of miles. And we'll see if I actually follow through with it, but. I, I like but, doing what's uncomfortable. Yeah, it and the physical part, you know physically you could do it. It's just going to suck. It's more of getting over the mental hurdle of doing it. Yeah. And now and we were kind of talking about it earlier too. It now you know why they put navy seals and some of these military uh you know, military people through these shit the hell weeks. workouts yeah. like where like I've seen these videos where they're like locking arms and they're sitting uh, at the kind of the base of the ocean and, and, and letting the tide, letting the tide just yeah. hit them over and over and over again until nobody breaks. And now you see why they're put through those through hell because they're going to experience that in the real world. And, and those that aren't mentally strong, like it, it totally makes sense now why they yeah. put people to that. Yeah, because the people that check out immediately that aren't comfortable being uncomfortable 
are, are the weak ones that, that you don't want to be next to you in battle when yeah, things get tough. when things get stressful. Yeah. Exactly. And just like we were talking about, that's the, the, the life lesson and the mental toughness lesson that, that I love about doing like sauna. And now I love loved, what I loved about doing the cold plunge. I won't say that I loved the cold plunge. <laughs> no, it sucks every it, single time. It sucked and it hurt. And you feel your bones like just yeah. My oh. first movements to get out, like my legs, like almost locked up. They felt numb, and then I got out and just couldn't kept couldn't stop wiggling to to just feel every every part of my skin and every muscle in my body. And I was cussing and like I was so so calm and so quiet for two minutes, and then it all came out as soon as I got no, out. <laughs> he was a cal- he was so calm and cool in the plunge, and then when he got out, that's when like it all like. That's when every emotion actually like was exerted. Yeah, <laughs> so I, like I, I had the Viking blood while I was in there, and then my my Polish white guy came out when I got out of the <laughs> Man, but that was cool, man. So uh, highly recommend it if you guys. In one and another time, I was exposed to it was here in Vegas. We have a, a hike called the uh, Gold Gold Strike uh, Gold Strike Canyon. Gold Strike Canyon. Yeah. And there are a bunch of hot springs all throughout, like, the hike. And it's always, like, warm water, warm water, warm water. And at the very end, there is uh, there is water that's, you know, in a river. Uh, and it's the Colorado River. Mm-hmm. So I'll never forget, I decided to jump into that water after experiencing nothing but warm water, thinking that this water might have been warm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a video of it when I, as soon as I jump in, as soon as my head comes out, I'm like, this one's cold. <laughs> I'm like, this one's cold. And I started like swimming to the rock. Yeah. But talk about a shock because you weren't expecting it to be cold. Right. And and but it feels amazing, man. Like yeah. it, it's I don't again, like you said, I don't really know what benefits there really are. Like I can say that, you know, studies have shown that it increases blood flow and all that stuff. Kind of makes sense. Because your body wants to protect your organs, so everything comes in right, right as right. soon as you've experienced the cold, and then as you get out, you feel the your blood slowly start rushing to everything else, and so mm-hmm. that kind of makes sense. Yeah, doesn't. But I just know I just go off of how I feel, and I feel yeah. amazing as soon as I get out. Yeah. So hey, that's what we do. Yeah, we recommend giving it a try. It was it was a fun experience. I'm glad to say that I did it. I would do it again. Not happily, but I would like go through that mental exercise again for sure. Especially if you're feeling achy or if you gym a lot, yeah, that's that's you know it, it helps. Oh, by the way, by the way, not to turn this into a sales pitch, but I do I am an affiliate now for Cold Plunge, so, <laughs> so you get a uh, hundred and fifty bucks off if you, know, you use my discount code. Nice, nice. There you go. What's the discount code? I'm not sure. I've never oh. I've never. This is my first time even mentioning what a horrible it. Horrible so, influencer you are. Uh, <laughs> it's. I think it's like. Uh, I think it's Nsaka 0831 or something like that. I'll double check it. We'll go. put it in the show notes. There we go. Cool. All right. So now we'll get on to today's topic. You know, we, we also had dinner last night with, with uh, Fody and Randall, our, our two buddies uh, in Barbells. And we touched on a couple topics and had a great three, four hour conversation. And we wanted to kind of retouch on a lot of them because they are relevant to today's you know modern atmosphere. They're relevant to anybody that would be interested in listening to this podcast uh first topic today uh what is a legacy to you yeah to me uh i've never actually defined it but you know when i think of legacy i think it's something of what we pass down to 
the next generation. The next generation. Um, your initial, ins- my initial thought is it's your family. Yeah, it's what like, you're leaving to your family. What you're leaving to your family, your last name. Especially and, as you start to build all these businesses and things like that. Like, I'm sure you're thinking about what am I leaving to my family for my kids and my kids' kids and, and every Saka after me that's going to come after me. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and you, so the, yeah, my first thought is like family and kids. and But as we talked about it last night, you know, it is the question I asked was, hey, guys, do you guys, did you guys know your grandpas, like your grandfathers? And all of us were like, ah, well, I kind of knew one. The other one died before I was even born. And, and that was like the same thing with me. Like, like yeah, that was my story too. Yeah. For and, me, it's, yeah, my, my dad's dad died before I was born. Although I'm probably more proud of him knowing, like never having had a conversation with him than I, than I was um, my grandfather on my mom's, on my mom's side who the only thing he probably, the only conversations I remember were him teaching me how to play cards because <laughs> he was a, he was a pit boss and a, and a, and a, and a gambler and okay. just a shysty, funny dude. Rebel. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but my dad's dad was a boxing promoter here in town. He's lifetime businessman. He's, he was a boxer and a boxing manager when he was younger and, and, uh, I've always read like newspaper clippings and sports articles about him. So he's okay. the one that I I probably have the most pride in. Okay. But at the same time, I never had a conversation with him. He, like he didn't pass anything down to me other than those memories and, of seeing him and my dad with like Muhammad Ali and big boxers and knowing that they ran like the Tuesday night fights at the old Silver Slipper here on the yeah. strip and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but other than that, like I never knew the man. I never like. My grandparents didn't have that much effect on how I'm living today. Right. So, which poses a question is, should uh, should we should we be as concerned about you know adding value to to them, it's knowing to that to your bloodline, yeah, to the bloodline, knowing that you know things are going to be watered down. Like after our kids, like we might teach our kids all these great lessons. Some of them might use it, some of them might not. And again, we don't. I don't even have kids yet. And what are they going to teach, you know, down to the next generation? The next generation, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm 32 now. By the time, I don't know if I will see my grandkids at this point because, you know, it's it, kind of... It's getting to that sketchier age. Getting to that older age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, so it, it makes you wonder, should I care about them that much? And, you know, when people are born into money and things like that, it's like, are they going to be good with it? And this, this, and that. Yeah. I w- so I w- which poses the question... Should I even care care or put it in my wills and my trust that I want them to have anything someday because, you know, are they going to appreciate it? Are they going to use it? Or should I just donate it to a cause that I feel strong about? Or, you know, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And then we think about the people – we were talking about this last night. Should we – make the decision to focus more on the people that that we're directly impacting like people in your business or if maybe you started a community maybe you should focus on them because you've attracted them they they're going to listen to stuff that you say they're going to use it and they're more likely to live by the values that that you've been preaching about too yeah and so is that legacy and then we can and then we talked about steve jobs is Steve Jobs going to be remembered more by his family or more f- by, by, by Apple? Yeah. And we were like, and we all agreed, Apple. Yeah. A- Apple is the legacy of Steve Jobs, not 
whoever Steve Jobs' kids are. Yeah, and I mean, on, and and to kind of piggyback on that is is Steve Jobs was known as a jerk, but he created a dope product that all of us are using, right? Yeah, like you have a Mac in front of you right now. We got we got our iPhones phones. recording this podcast right now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so what is legacy and? It's a big question. And and it also begs the question of, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, like if you do come into a lot a lot more wealth as you start to, to grow these businesses and things like that. So your kids, by the time that they're like old enough to have thoughts of their own and stuff like that, their dad might be a multimillionaire yeah. and, they, and they won't have to worry about money for a really long time. Rich kids notoriously are stuck up, they they don't have a grasp on reality. They're like trust fund babies are generally not humble people. Yeah, I got a cool story to add about this. I was in Laguna recently, and uh, my buddy Tim, he's a you know professional skimboarder out there, cool, humble dude. And Laguna is a beautiful place. Mm-hmm. It is absolutely stunning. Uh, uh, was it was it Laguna? Um, I think it's Laguna. Yeah. Yeah. And it's absolutely stunning. It just looks like heaven, right? Right, yeah. And a, and then he was telling me, like, yeah, when I went to high school, there was a lot of, uh, you know, these kids had the nicest cars. Yeah. All the kids had money. All the kids had money. He's like, we, I actually didn't even belong there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were actually probably the, I was probably one of the brokest students that was at this school. And he turned out all right. He's, he's crushing it. Good, solid dude. But he was telling me a lot of, of the people that, you know, he went to high school with were, you know, drugs or just, you know, yeah. all screwed up. Well, because when you don't have to work for the money, you, you don't get that work ethic instilled in you at an early age. You think it's just always going to be there and it's always going to be like you take it for granted. Yeah, for sure. And it's not the same. You don't appreciate it as much. I can tell you this, man. Every I appreciate every dollar. You know, every yeah. You're you're every, still pretty frugal. Yeah. No, not for no. I'm pretty. I kind of throw money at my business. Like I throw money at my employees. Like you know, with experiences and groceries and energy drinks. Like uh, I I try to be smart with. I meant the right frugal things. with yourself. I, like, I would agree. Yeah. Like you don't buy the nicest clothes. You don't. You don't go to like a lot of fancy like. I eat nice. You eat good. I eat good. Yeah, yeah. But, but I wouldn't like you don't flash your money a lot. Nah, I'm still I still dress very. I don't think I dress that nice. Yeah. You, you're know? not wearing like a chain. Yeah, I don't have a Rolex. Yeah, you don't like have a, a yeah thousand dollars on your wrist or anything like that. Yeah. So, so here was another another thing. Another question is. Just because we don't know our grandparents and and our great great grandparents or great whatever, mm-hmm. is the game changed now that we have social media? Well, that's that's part of it because because there's going to be videos of you for the rest of time doing this podcast and like for as long as Instagram's going to be around, like there will be video. Your profile will be there, and so anything you keep up there, your kids will be able to see. Able to see it, yeah. And I think it does change the game a little bit. Yeah. It does make you kind of want them to, to be able to find you and, you know, that was my grandpa. Like, For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? They'll, you'll have something more to be proud of. Like like I was just talking about with, like, my grandfather's, like, newspaper clippings and things yeah. like that and pictures. Reading now we have Now we have movie pictures. We have audio clips from podcasts and things like that. So any relatives or anybody interested in, like, what we were like, you know, 10, 20, 30 years from now will still maybe – 
have a way to to look back and and see the type of people that we were through this stuff. Yeah. So I think it does. It does help a little bit, but I I still believe I choose to to focus and to surround myself and to make that focus more of helping people in in my lifetime versus leaving a legacy to some kids I might not even know. Right. I'd rather make a difference in someone's life that has found me or yeah. come to me and those are the people I want to work with. Right. Well, let me put it to you. So, do you feel like your co- your the your employees and the people that reach out to you through social media and through your YouTube and things like that, they probably live by values that are clo- more closely aligned to yours than probably than a lot of people in your even your own family. Absolutely. Absolutely. The people, that's why like masterminds are so important because like I was just at one and you realize, damn, I'm not crazy. Like there are people that go hard in the paint that just live in different parts of the, of the U S or different parts of the world. And I'm not alone in this. There Mm -hmm. are people that are wired just like me that are crazy enough to spend 15 grand or 10, five, 10, 15, sometimes even 25, a hundred grand just to be a part of a group. Mm-hmm. That's kind of stupid. If you really it's, like it's think insane, about that, right? it's insane. If you think about that, it's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's kind of dumb, but but you're also realizing the insanity of it too. Yeah, but I like those. I like being around those type of people. Um, and yeah, the people that find you via the internet and stuff like that, it's cool to connect with them because they're actually probably going to use whatever information you give them you know right they're more on your frequency yeah and and they're more open to learning whereas i'm sure for a long time a lot of the people in your family thought you were insane for all the crazy thoughts that that you had like they didn't think that you were going to get as far as like that eventually most people think eventually somebody's going to fail and they're going to fall back into like a normal thing yeah i yeah for sure but at some point i think you just stop surprising them like right like my mom my mom, <laughs> now she just believes anything I say, like, you know, which is cool. Cause yeah. I'm like, that was going to happen, you know? Right. But uh, legacy is an interesting topic. And I, I think I, I firmly believe that I'm still, and I know you are too, still in our building phase, accumulation yeah. phase. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I uh, you know, I know that materialistic things aren't the answer. I know that. Thousand but I not. still want a Ferrari. Yeah. Like, I still want to see for myself. <laughs> like, I still want to see for myself. Right, yeah. So, but there is a, a shift. I just interviewed a guy that uh, that he's, you know, 15 years into the insurance business. I'm only five. And and he's telling me, like, I'm in my give back mode right now. I'm mm-hmm. in my, my give back phase of my life. And hence, I'm focused on my six kids. That's why I'm doing this podcast with you. Yeah. I'm willing to share all my gems. Most people aren't going to do nothing with it anyways. Yeah. And I'm in my give back phase. Yeah. I saw this uh, Dalai Lama quote yesterday that was talking about kind of like a similar thing where most people nowadays, you know, uh, value things and, 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 and don't build up people. Whereas it should be, you should be building things and valuing people. Yeah. I've heard that a long time. Well, that's 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 deep. Yeah. No, uh, I thought it was use people. Use people. Most people use things and and yeah and uh, value people, whereas they nowadays they value things and use, and use people. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the quote. super deep. Yeah. 
And yeah, the 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 bloodline versus like leaving a legacy of of what you built and what you gave to the world yeah. is is definitely an interesting question. And the answer, the right answer, is probably somewhere in the middle, where yeah. like you want to you know you want to leave this plane, leaving the people that are closest to you and the people that you know are related to you in the best way possible and and t- making sure they're taken care of. But also, there's plenty of other people out there that you know you could give a lot to as well. Yeah. And I'm sure by by the end of your time, like you'll have enough to to be able to take care of as many people as possible on yeah. both on both ends of that spectrum too. Well, you know, uh, this mastermind that I'm that I'm a part of, uh, ran by Cole Hatter. Cole, his whole purpose in life is to help business owners create a for purpose business. And what that means is, uh, yeah, I want you guys to become extremely wealthy. Like, I'm going to help you guys get there. Like, I'm going to help you build as much wealth as freaking possible. But I'm also going to teach you how to make your business for purpose. And for purpose basically means, just like it sounds, you know, maybe like Tom's is a great example. Tom's, I think they did like a, for every shoe that you buy, we're going to donate one to, to people in need with shoes. Yeah. And their business model skyrocketed afterwards. Like, you would think right. that... It doesn't make sense to go for a purpose, but it's actually the contrary. It's actually going to benefit your business in some way. And uh, that, I forget where I was going with that, but using your wealth to do, to put out more good. Right. Because more money is not the answer. Yeah. More money is not the answer. Well, I think we kind of touched on that last night as well when we were talking about the idea of what's the purpose, like the businesses that are most successful are the ones that focus on helping people as opposed to making a profit. Yeah. And as long as a business, like a business that's that's doing its, the right things is the one that's focused on doing the best for the customer and providing a genuine, valuable service to its customers. Whereas there are a lot of greedy businesses nowadays that are more focused on um, extorting as much money and exporting as much value from their customers and profiting as much as possible instead yeah. of, you know, what should be the, the most altruistic version of a business, which is to just provide value to people yeah. in exchange for value back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, it's the, the slow... The more I come up, the more I realize how valuable my my employees are, and I want to just do more for them. Like I want to keep acquiring agencies and insurance books of businesses, so that way I can do more for my team. Mm-hmm. And and it's easy, believe it or not. Like it's easy when you build a business to just kind of cut payroll, cut marketing, and then just start. Let me just start stacking up. Yeah. Let me just start collecting, collecting, collecting. But in the back of my mind, that's so wrong to do that for my team who's go, who's giving who's built that who's giving 100 percent. Like, why should the buck stop for them just because I want it to stop growing? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's uh, and I, I admire about that about you. You do a lot for your team. Like you're taking your team on an outing next week, right? Or the week a couple, after a couple of weeks. We're going to a Golden Knights game. Yeah. We broke a record. And when I look at so like this leaderboard just came out and we were like crushing it. We were we were. We were we destroyed it in March, and we led three states: uh, Nevada, Idaho, and Oregon in sales by a lot. 
like the 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 variance between one and three was like a lot and in my mind i'm like not surprised because i know for a fact i do more for my team than anybody else on that list i just know i do like Mm -hmm. i know i do (laughs) right and even when i posted it on facebook and i took a moment to be grateful for it and and I couldn't do it without highlighting every person on my team that has made that happen. And then what's so funny, and I would love to kind of pivot into leadership, is as a leader, when you don't ta- when you take ownership, good or bad, and and you and when you're when you're winning, if you don't take the ownership and put that on your team, you'd be surprised how your team what what message that also sends your team for them not to take the credit either it's interesting i got one guy that's like he's being sarcastic he's like i'm the freaking goat you know what i mean like boss is shouting me out giving me credit i'm the goat and he just keeps cracking me up but my sales manager i when he reshared the post he's like i wouldn't be uh i wouldn't be here without you putting uh without you know the example that you set sir and so i'm like oh that's cool like it's yeah, he's deflecting it right back to you. What a great leader he is. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And and to to really focus in on 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 your team and and, and yeah, the people no. that help you get to where you're at and stuff like that. Yeah, I would definitely say that the best leaders are the ones that that defer as much credit <laughs> when things are going good and take as much of the blame off of the people that are under them when things are going bad. Yep. You see it in sports. You kind of hate the robotic answers, but you're almost expecting it. Because it's the right answer. It's the right answer, yeah. yeah. Be- like humility and, and, and humbleness is is the key to people liking you, A, and it's the key to, to to keep on getting results from people below you because when when people like you, they're going to work hard for you. When you take care of them, they're going to keep working hard for you. Like you probably retain a lot more of your employees than a lot of other insurance uh, agents because you take care of your people and and you put their needs before your own. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, we do pretty good. There's still this weird churn rate, but um, that <laughs> no insurance agent well, is. Uh... <laughs> no one's going to have a hundred percent retention yeah. ever. No one even goes into insurance thinking that that's going to be their career for life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I'm I'm sure. But a lot of careers. Nobody goes into a lot of careers thinking. Thousand percent. No. Life. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Everyone's I'm not, trying to find their way. Yeah. And you'd be a you'd be a, a piece of crap to think that you know that somebody should treat your business or your opportunity like like it's theirs. Like it's theirs or that this is their life. Um, no. You know, cause it's it, a means to an end. Yeah. And when you're self aware of that, you know. Yeah. That's, it, it makes a huge difference. That's empathy. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah. So that let's we'll pivot now uh, as we go from empathy to uh, another thing that we talked about last night was was greatness and greatness in terms of we got into because there was a Laker game on uh, LeBron versus Michael Jordan debate. Mm-hmm. Um, my instinct and my uh, belief, having lived through like I was eight years old when when Michael Jordan. I was six years old when Michael Jordan won his first title, and I was 14, 15 when he won his last title. Not even that old. I was maybe 12 years old when he won his last title. Is Michael Jordan's the, the greatest athlete ever. No question about it. But comparing him to, to LeBron is comparing apples to oranges because it's two different eras. It's two different things. 
Le- Le- LeBron must be appreciated in his own way. You've kind of been a LeBron hater for for a long time or for the last couple of years yeah. for a lot of different reasons, which which aren't like wrong things because there's I mean you could find a million clips of LeBron James on the internet loafing it on defense, being a bad-ish teammate, yeah, and and, and not taking and taking plays off and, and and not doing the best things, but you could also look at the the whole of LeBron's now 20 plus year career. I remember when I was a junior in high school and LeBron being 16 years old on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Yeah. And and going into being a, a rookie in the NBA at 18 years old, he had more pressure and more expectations and more um just more uh attention on him than probably the the expectations of everybody at 18 years old yeah and and for the whole of his 20-year NBA career he's never gotten into any type of legal trouble I don't even think he's gotten a speeding ticket he married his high school sweetheart has had a bunch of kids with one woman posts his kids takes care of his kids takes pride in his kids is always at his kids sporting events as much as he possibly can seems like a great dad from the outside looking in and takes a lot of pride in his children and is a very present dad in their lives yeah has never been uh, accused of adultery or anything crazy nothing yeah and you gotta give it to him and other than the decision which was probably, in hindsight, the bad way to handle leaving your hometown for another team. He's had a great NBA career. He's won, what, four NBA titles. He's he's had 27 points, eight rebounds, and eight assists every year for, for 20 years and been MVP multiple times, won multiple titles, been a great leader. Uh, he's he's never been like a, a selfish, like, just, I'm going to get my scores, I'm scoring in, and fuck all my teammates. He's pretty much been liked by a lot of his teammates and been a fun happy guy so he's i think he's going to be appreciated uh, when he's yeah. gone it's hard to appreciate greatness while it's still like around yeah and in the social media era it's hard to everybody always wants to compare everybody between the different eras and things like that so i'm just saying lebron's great in his own way but comparing him to mj is it's hard, like, it's not realistic to do because it's two different times and but it's two different... Is, are people really comparing him? Like... Of course, there's... And I don't... There's, I would agree. I would argue that me not being a huge basketball fan, that the majority of people that semi-know basketball like me know that MJ is the greatest. Yeah. Well, I will say, if you talk to anybody that was born... 1998 or later, they all think LeBron's the best ever. LeBron's the GOAT. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's the same reason why people 98 and older, uh, born in 98 and older, would say that Tupac and Biggie are overrated, right? Which it's like is the crazy. Same, it's yeah, the yeah. same stuff, yeah, like, but they never really listen to them. And, yeah. and those guys are listening to the new generation. Uh, so, you know, and they think that they're good. Right. So, yeah, that's the same stuff. And then... You know, and then and then there's there's the argument that you know Kobe, Kobe uh, should be in that conversation too, which I don't think he is as much. I think a lot of people don't put Kobe in that category, but uh, yeah, a lot of ESPN lists barely have Kobe in like the top ten 
all time in the NBA. Yeah, which is crazy, but... And I see both sides of it. Like, Kobe, multiple-time MVPs, what, five five or six NBA titles? Yeah, five, Three five, with Shaq, five. two with... Uh, five rings. Five rings, and two with Powell. So, and all, like, the 81 points, uh, one of the most competitive people on the planet you know people just loved his uh his uh i can't say his work ethic was second to anybody's no he was a psychopath when it came to preparation to preparation and beating anybody and everybody that was in front of him yeah. like every like you can find tiktoks and videos of podcasts of nba players talking about going into a, a thinking that they were getting up early and going to the Lakers practice place. And Kobe was already done with his workout because yeah. he had started at four. Right. <laughs> and then doing their workout and coming back in the afternoon and Kobe was already done with his second workout. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. yeah, Kobe's, Kobe's got his own level of greatness. Uh, I don't know if he's, if he's top five or top 10. Yeah. But he's, it's, He's just another one that's hard to compare because he was in between those two eras as well. Yeah. But when you compare uh, Jordan to LeBron, uh, I don't think on the court anybody will ever compare to Jordan. And this is just me, again, semi-knowing basketball. Uh, But when you think about off the court, depending on which scope you're looking at it, as an entrepreneur, Jordan might be the greatest all around. But as a human, right now, right now, as a human, Jordan wasn't a good person. No, he was—he's a notorious gambler. You know, he—he uh, he wasn't nice to people. Like I heard, he sued a grocery store for using like a poster of his in one of their promotions. Yeah, and and he sued them, and they went out of business. And it was a business. It was a grocery store in Chicago. I don't know if it's true, but it kind of sounds like Jordan would do that yeah. at the same time. You know, so. He's he's a shitty owner and a shitty GM, that's for sure. Like yeah, like the 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 Bobcats and the Hornets have never been good. I don't I don't even hardly think they've been in the playoffs even that often. You know, but I know that I gave him a hard time for giving up on plays and giving up on stuff. But then it occurred to me that if there was a camera following me around in my fifth year in business, I could tell you this. I would not impress you. Like some, sometimes <laughs> you, there's not. Sometimes there's days where I wake up and I'm up early. I'll be up at you know like seven seven thirty, and I can go to the office and I can go jump on my morning huddle. But I'm just gonna do my morning. I'm just, you're, you're I'm just, just gonna going through just the motions. Going through my morning, you know. I'm just waiting till I feel good enough to go. Yeah. Uh, so you're saying that's the equivalent of like you taking a playoff and not playing defense as hard as you. One hundred percent. I totally have new like. A, t- a new empathy for Braun giving up on plays, you know, 18, 19 seasons in, because it's just like, we're probably... Yeah. The, the weird part is, the plays he would give up on were, like, in the playoffs, and they were, like, important games. And that's why I'm like, all right, that's weird. Like, you can still, like... I know it's a long shot, but you should still give 100% because your teammates are watching you. Mm-hmm. In a regular season, I get it, right? You're yeah. eliminated, 81, 82 it. games. Yeah, regular season, you know, yeah. you might not make the playoffs. Cool, I get it, right? But but, but when you've been at the, the, the peak, the highest level, where you've played in Game 7 of the NBA Finals before, it sometimes might even be hard to get up for, like, a first-round playoff matchup, too. Yeah, maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe. But I just think um, I think the level of excellence demanded uh, of you playing for Jordan versus playing for LeBron is night and day. Oh, 1,000%. I don't think it's I the think same. That, I think the competitiveness edge will go to Jordan 10 times out of 10. Like he that's was, with Jordan in anything, I but, guess. But, and, but that also comes with because of he was such a psychopath competitively, it made him more of an asshole of a person. Than LeBron is mm, interesting because they do because those two ideas go do. go opposite of each other yeah. because when you're that competitive and that like crazy about winning yeah you're gonna take it out on your teammates when they don't they aren't as competitive as you and that's are. why Steve Jobs was was uh, considered an asshole that, because thousand percent the same way the, he, the way he your expectation like, he was holding it's a fine line dude it's a fine line of of holding your team accountable to high standards and making sure you're not a dickhead it's 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 a very hard it's a dance yeah it's yeah <laughs> it's hard to lead from from the heart but to also see their perspective of it too yeah it's 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 a hard line to dance. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. an interesting thought to to kind of stew on for a little bit. That the the way you have to, like you said, have standards and have hold people to to be accountable for their actions and expect the best of them, while also understanding that they're human beings and yeah. they're not gonna have they're not gonna have their best day every day. Yeah. And they're not gonna wanna try hard at a job that isn't their passion at all the times. Yeah. Well for sure. And I'm sure there's plenty of NBA players where basketball isn't their passion, but they were born six nine and yeah and athletic. And so they're maximizing the amount of time that they have to play the sport and make millions of dollars. But they would much rather be doing other things that have yeah. nothing to do with basketball. Right. You gotta imagine it's like making it to the league is one thing, but once you're in there, I think I think everyone's purpose is always ringing in the back of their head. I don't care what industry you're in. Like for me, I'm becoming highly successful in the insurance industry. Mm -hmm. I know for a fact this ain't it for me. So no, self-development self is your passion. Could you imagine, you know, making it to the league and you're like, I'm here, but it's like, underwhelming. I'm not going to put in as much work as Kobe. Like right. I don't want to be as great as Kobe. Especially and, if you were good, if, especially if you were just naturally good enough to get a 50 or an 80 or a hundred million dollar contract. Yeah. Like how much, like would that push you to live up to that contract or how many people would know that they have that much guaranteed and then be like, I'm going to go live it up and celebrate with my family. And like, I won and just check out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Or, and, hit, and but that's not wrong either to we, do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these businesses are going to do what's best for them. These owners are going to do what's best for them, and the players are going to do what's best for them. Yeah, and you can't even be mad at it. Yeah, you can't be mad at and it. And then how much they care about their basketball legacy is up to them. Yeah. Although I would say, if you're in the league, like it's such a small window. It's a shame. It's it's a shame for you not to give a hundred percent in those ten, twelve years, or however long the average career is. Mm -hmm. You ought to give it a hundred percent. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, but in the grand scheme of things, a, a ten to twenty year basketball career 
in the the in a 75 to 100 year life when you have family members and other passions and things like that it's a small portion of it too yeah yeah so it it just depends on the person yeah you can't expect yeah for sure like there are going to be psychopaths that that want to be the best ever at it because they love it and they would do it if you didn't pay them mm-hmm. and there's going to be people that are only there for the paycheck in every field no 100% me and my sales manager when we talk we talk uh we talk uh, about my team in terms of, you know, when I'm interviewing people or if I have him interview somebody, I say, star player or role player? What do you think? You know, mm-hmm. what, do, what would you classify them as? Oh, totally a star player. Man, eh, solid role player. You know, they won't, they won't flash us, you know, with, uh, with excellence, but they will do just enough to be, to be you know, worthy of, of a spot on this team. Mm-hmm. Would, would a team function as well if, they had, if you had a team full of star players? Or do you need to have those role players that? No, I, don't, I don't. On a sales team. On a sales team. Or I would you want to have all rock stars? I'd love to have all rock stars. <laughs> I'd love to have all rock stars, but it's just it's impossible. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's like that eighty twenty rule that eighty percent of your sales will come from twenty percent of your people. That eighty twenty rule applies it works to, to so everything. Many, applies to so many things yeah. in life. Like as a single man, knowing that like I saw a thing that on. Tinder, for example, 80% of girls' likes go to about 20% of the guys. Interesting. Yeah. That's definitely true. If you were to, like, look up some girls, you know, yeah. some some guy, yeah, yeah. And, and I, guy standards, like, this is going way off topic, but guy standards are probably a little bit more spread out where guys have, like, a little bit lower standards of what they'll swipe right for. Yeah. But, a guy's Instagram, a single guy's Instagram might like 80% of girl stuff and 20% guy stuff. Like, I don't know about that. And, no, maybe. I don't know. Whenever I post a thirst trap, I get like just as much love from the homies as I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, all right. Um, next topic that we talked about last night is the, the more uh, controversial one. We got into a political debate. Um, all the guys in our group have very various uh, political leans. You lean a little more right. I lean a little more left. Yeah. We've had hard discussions before. We've had hard discussions on this podcast before. Um, but our topic or what our conversation last night more focused on the whys behind it and the similarities between, you know, when... The, when the Republicans are in power versus the Democrats, how the mainstream media paints it and how the right media paints uh, Biden being president is really similar to how the left media was painting Trump when he was president. Yeah. And trying to figure out what the answer to that is. And for me, the, I think the answer to a lot of it is conversations between both sides where there's not enough... Especially on in, in mainstream media, if you watch CNN, Fox, MSNBC, any of the major things, it's with a specific lens where, you know, MSNBC is always going to paint what the Republicans are doing in a bad light. And they're never going to look at things through, like, the Republican lens or bring somebody on to, to show why the Republicans are doing it. They're just going to say, Republicans bad, you know. Here's what the Democrats are doing to try and fix the bad things that the Republicans are doing. Yeah. Fox News, it's the exact opposite. 
anything Biden does is horrible. Yeah. And the the right way to do it is what these Republican thinkers are, are, are trying to do to stop Biden. We need to be able to bring, like, have the two sides come together and find common ground and work from there. Like, there needs to be more people that don't, that don't think that the other side is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think you're a bad person at all. You and me disagree about a lot of things politically. But at the end of the day, I respect your opinion. And I, when you say something that I disagree with, I want to hear why you're saying it. And, and at the same time, I hope that when I express how I feel in my side, that you listen and we come to an understanding of why we feel that way. And there's not enough of that going on. No, there's not. I mean, the good news is, I don't know if I'm just paying less attention to it, but I think that overall with, you know, restrictions of governments and, and people's freedoms, at least here in America, well, actually in England too, and uh, and. I'm not sure about Australia, but as we become more free, we stop caring about the political stuff. I know that's been the case for me. Yeah. Now that they've left us alone, in essence, yeah. I care way less. thousand percent. But for me, it took a lot of reflecting. I'm like, why did I sent, let this consume me for a little bit? Well, one, there was nothing to do yeah, during we the last two years. Sitting at home we were, during COVID. We were forced to like... Be know, on our phones and... To, yeah, to just you know, what was going on politically. And, um, and so it made us pay attention, pay attention to it. But now that I'm able to travel again, now it's not affecting my business. It's not affecting my loved ones. I don't care as much. And I slowly stopped. I started unfollowing a lot of people that are still like consumed by it. And the reason, and, and first off, let me agree with you. I mean, We've had multiple conversations about things politically where you've gotten me to kind of soften my stance on something because I'm like, oh, I didn't see it like that. And as we know, the Instagram and the social media algorithms only cater to what stuff you agree with, what you agree with. And, and yeah. some stuff, if you do, if you probe a little bit deeper, and if you just like maybe if you see a meme, right, that says one thing. And if you Google it or YouTube it just to see like what actually happened or what was said, then you would come to find that, whoa, this was completely altered. Yeah. It was completely altered to make this person look really, really bad. For instance, there was so much stuff that made Trump look just way worse than, you know, they would take one thing he said and just make him look like a complete racist. And and then when you pull up the whole thing, it's just like, well, well, they didn't get the full context of what he just said. Same with Biden. There was a video, there was a meme of him falling asleep in a meeting with like a, a prime minister. And I was just like, wait a minute, this 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 can't be right. So I pull up the real the real video and he wasn't falling asleep. They like literally like froze frame him when he looked down and it looked like he was sleeping. <laughs> and I was like, this is bullshit. Like this, like he didn't fall asleep. Like, yeah. and so they just literally took sleep you know sleepy biden or sleepy yeah, joe yeah and and they completely and so it's all just corrupt and you can totally fall a victim to it but all that to say this i read this uh i've been reading this book and and it, it goes on to say that instead of getting so wild up riled up uh, about what's going on politically and getting upset about it and letting it control your emotions and letting it just Really, truthfully, like, is anything going on politically a part of your reality? Not all the time. Like, like 99% of the time, it's not. Um, 
It's not. And so you're just letting it affect you for no reason. Uh, will it turn into something later? I don't know. Maybe. But it's, Maybe. it's usually out of your control anyway. It's no matter what, it's out of your control. And so this this book was saying just instead of looking at it with animosity or or just strife, I think that's a word, look at it and be grateful for for our politicians. And it sounds weird. It sounds like, like how why should I be grateful for it? Just be grateful that we have this justice system. It might It's not perfect, but be grateful that we have all this stuff in place and these politicians and police and all this stuff because it allows us to focus on the stuff that we want to focus on and that are we are truly passionate about. And again, some people are passionate about politics, but focus on that because without these politicians, without this, things would be chaotic. Things would, there would be chaos. There would be no order in the world. There would, you know. Yeah, we have systems in place. Yeah. So be grateful for it and just know and just know that if there is massive corruption going on, it will see its way out. Yeah. If there's a leader that you disagree with and if there's someone that's truly, you know, bad or that you feel isn't doing their job or doing the best job that they could for their county or their state or their country, they all have term limits in here in America. Like it's always going to come to an end. Nothing will be forever. And good will prevail. Yeah. Good will prevail. And, you know, and after kind of, you know, after, excuse me, after really taking that in, you know, it just made me, even though I, as upset as I was about Trump not getting reelected and how I still fail to believe that Biden is the most popular and the highest voted president of all time, I still think it's there. I think there was definitely something corrupt going on there. Uh that's just my guess. That's my thought, right? That's my belief. Um, I believe that he was meant to leave for a reason. He was meant to not be reelected. And Joe was meant to be here for whatever reason. Yeah. And Joe, it's a really good chance that he's not going to be reelected. And whoever's going to come in replacement is meant to be there. Right. Who, no matter who the heck it is. It's yeah. just – and we're not going to like the next person either. There's, there's going to be a large percentage of the population that doesn't like the next person that's in charge either. <laughs> 100%. And, and, and that will be just as temporary as the last two years or the, or the four years before that and the eight years before that. 100%. So it's it's a very stoic – like that book uh, – what book was it? Do you, what was it called? Do you it's, remember? It's uh, The Science of Getting Rich. Okay. And I don't know what, but that's one thing that really stuck out to me. It's like, it's really just like kind of mindset training on focusing on important stuff. And and that's a very stoic philosophy of worrying about the things that are in control, that are in your control. And no matter what the outcome of any situation, being grateful for it, because you are able to endure it no matter what. And, and whatever happens, you can take that and make the most of it and make the best of it and use it to your advantage. Either way. Yeah. You know, a lot of the things that Trump did, you you took advantage of and, and thrived on. There's There might be things that the Biden administration is doing right now that, that you can exploit to your advantage just as well. And, and no matter what, there's, there's a way to look at the bright side of things and to use the things that are happening that you have control over that you can take advantage of. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I think that's as much political discourse as we'll get into that's today. It. That's all folks. <laughs> you can check out. Uh, all right. Last topic of the day. Do you want to talk about it? What's that? 
Should you cry in front of your girl? Should you cry in front of your lady? We talked about this last night, and it, and it got good. Should you cry in front of your lady? I don't think so. This is- I don't think so. Um, I... Um, there, there are a few things that can, that can make me cry. And a lot of times if I do cry, it's either at a funeral, right? Or it's a loss of a loved one. Um, if I do cry, it's like on my own, you know what I mean? And like, okay, I'll give an example. I cried, uh, after I took my mom and grandma to, to this, uh, orchestra concert, I left and I was like crying tears of joy. Like I was just happy. Overwhelmed with emotion. I was overwhelmed like, oh my God, what an awesome night. And uh, and would I do that in front of my girl? Hell no. Like, <laughs> well, so let's dive deeper into that though. Why, why is the reason you wouldn't cry in front of your girl? I don't think I cry in front of a lot of people anyways. Okay. But for my girl in particular, I just know that that I know that we're sup- we're supposed to be, you know, the strength, the rock of the relationship and it's in our masculine energy to be that and I don't think you should cry for just anything. Okay. You know? So a, a lot of I'll play devil's advocate. So a lot of people would say that's like your your girl should be your best friend. You should be able to be vulnerable with her and share anything with her. Yeah, and we should share everything. Does that mean you need to cry or tear up? Like, nah. Like, look at Will Smith. Will Smith <laughs> looks bad. Like, and this is why Jade is walking all over him, and you know, and it's just yeah. I, it's something. Anyways, this. I'll, I'll say that I agree that um, the whoever has the the more masculine role in the relationship, you know, in hard times should be able to be that con- that rock of strength and consistency because usually the the more feminine uh role in the relationship is usually the more emotional role so they're going to have higher highs lower lows and to be able to have that more steady uh that steadying presence is is what somebody that's more emotional needs mm-hmm. and so you know, whether that's the guy or the girl in the relationship, I think that one of them should be the more stoic personality that's bringing the other one back. Some like a lot of relationships thrive on that kind of peanut butter and jelliness where one person's a little more up and down and the where they need that per, that steadying influence in the relationship. And who's to say whether that's the guy or the girl, but I definitely think that at least one person in the relationship needs to be the rock and usually that's the guy. Usually. In, in most, even like in traditional relationships and even more modern relationships. Um, we used an example last night that, because we were all at a, you know, having dinner, and if it was, say, you know, John and three girls, three of his homegirls or whatever, and you were to be there talking about, I don't know, some... If, some... if I was just having a hard time at work yeah. and I was overwhelmed and, and I cried about it. Yeah. And if you went up and go to the, went, went to the restroom... All the girls would be like, uh, he, like they they might say like, oh, poor John," but they wouldn't view you as attractive. It's it's not an attractive quality yeah. to to stress over and be overwhelmed by like a, a what's a more normal thing like like if it was like a, a workplace situation or just to be crying about like a, a more minor thing. Like I cried when my dad died, but I'm not gonna cry, especially 
to a girl over anything like minor. I'm not even probably going to let them worry, like tell them a lot of the problems that I go through and just kind of bottle it up around a girl. Yeah. But all that's to say that, but I will, you know, you know, if I'm, if I'm going through shit and I, and I really need to, to let a lot of emotion out, I'm probably more likely to, to do it to you. Like I'm more likely if I'm going through something, I'm going to call you like I usually do when I'm going through stuff and vent to you and, and get it all out. You know, I'm, if you have a good therapist that you like to go to and to vent and to unload a lot of that emotion, you know, it, it's not good to, to bottle everything up and to keep it bottled up and not let anybody know that you're going through anything. Yeah. That's not healthy. And because that eventually will explode into something with to somebody. And that's not good. Yeah. So. Will Smith. <laughs> that, that might be it. Although I'm sure he's been to a lot of therapists. and Yeah. But now he's paying the price for unloading, uh, you know, 10, 20 seconds worth of emotions into one little blip. Yep. Where that was deeply rooted. That wasn't just the G.I. Jane joke. No, that wasn't just because of one thing. Yeah. No, that was years and years and years of a lot of stuff going on in that relationship, right. bottling up and then exploding. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I don't think, you know, now, look, if you're watching um, if you're watching, you know, uh, if you're a dog lover, right. And you're watching a movie where you know a dog dies, right? Yeah. I mean, and, like, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna look over my girl and be like, uh, <laughs> like, like, you know, like, yeah. why did you make me watch this? I remember watching the movie Hachi. Yeah. And I was just, crying like I was, I was like, yeah. I couldn't even hold it back, man. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the ones that get to me now are any movies that that have like a father son theme. You know, a movie made me cry, dude. Click. When he paused his dad, because remember he was being a jerk to his dad, and then he paused his dad and told him, like, his his dad was like, I love you, son, and he didn't say anything back, but then when he paused him, and then he's like, I love you too, dad, I was like, ah, ah, and that one, that one, you know what I mean, affected me, versus at the end, when he's crying to his wife, and he's like, he's like, are you going to be there in the morning, or whatever, I forget what he says at the end, Mm -hmm. I don't see the show as a show, like, I didn't really care for that part, but... A connection with my pops you know like that one yeah everything that i've gone through with my dad passing away the last year if if i see a movie that has like a father son theme to it like there's this there's this movie on netflix called about time and it's it's about this guy who on his like 21st birthday his dad tells him that all the men in his family can can go back in time and so he kind of uses that and like to get a girlfriend and to to get ahead in a few different ways in his career and things like that and it's disguised as like a romantic comedy, but in reality, it's more about this guy's relationship with his dad. And then, and then part of the movie is like when him realizing that his dad's gonna pass away and, and wanting to go back to those times in his life when he could still hang out with his dad and things like that. And that movie wrecks me. Yeah, yeah, it, that sounds like it. It wrecks me, knowing that you know me, and it starts getting me thinking about all the times when I can go back and see if I could go back to to hang see out with my off. dad for. Just to, yeah, play catch with him and stuff like that. And hey, man, enjoy your parents, man. Yeah, it enjoy just, your yeah, it just all comes back to you know, enjoy the moments that you're in while you have them. Enjoy the people in your life while you have them because we are all temporary. We are all going to die eventually. Yes. So, so you have to make the most of the time that you have with everybody. Yeah. I think that's a good way to end the podcast. Let's today. end it and let's make the most of the rest of today.
So thank you guys if you listened this far. Thank we really you guys. appreciate you. We this is this might be one of our first podcasts that goes over an hour. So okay. so if you made it this far, we really really appreciate you. Um, we're gonna stay consistent. We're gonna keep giving you guys great content. But thank you so much, and we'll see you on the next time. Peace.